of young heroes called the Animorphs. Hello, let me test this, okay, and we're good. Hello, and welcome to Middlemorph Millennials, the podcast that I started to force my friends to read Animorphs and yell at them in the form of a parrot. My name is Morgan. And my name is Kate. And my name is Jason, and I've got something gross to say. Okay, oh, no. first, before that, though, we're talking about book number 15, <laughs> The Escape, since we forgot to say it for so long last book. This is the Hammerhead <laughs> Shark book, and it's narrated by Marco. Okay, what's your gross thing? Uh. Okay, so since we were we were talking before this, you know, off mic, and, well, not, we were talking about this specifically, but we were talking about morphing shenanigans, and I, my thought was like, you know what, I hope these kids, I hope they keep their morphing powers, they grow up, and then they find partners that they're really open with, and then they're able to, like, reveal that they can morph, and then they get into some really, really weird bedroom shenanigans. Jesus, Jason! <laughs> I'm not talking bestiality. I'm just talking about, like, you know what? These kids, I, I want them to be freaky because I think it'd be weird and hilarious for them to be freaky. My dog is disrupted <laughs> like, by this, no. too. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, I mean, it would be great for, like, bisexual people, you know? You don't have to choose. You just have both. I was just, just like, you know what? What if they do this and they get really weird? Because they morph. And we were talking about what if they morph cows and they drink their own cow milk afterwards. Is that weird? But I mean, and breast milk cottage cheese. I mean, I think it's weird. <laughs> I, I, I think it's weird that we drink cow milk in the first place. I mean, I do drink milk. I'm not vegan. But it is probably weird in the first place that we do that. So it would just add an extra layer. What if like Cassie and Jake, they end up being an item and they're like, you know what? Let's be horses tonight. Oh, dear. <laughs> or let's, you know, let's, again, dolphins. Like, whatever. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you know what? This is probably just, just I don't know, the tip of the weird iceberg in my brain. And yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's definitely go a fan down a fiction path. community for you, 100%. Oh, again, I am not part of that community. I do not subscribe <laughs> to this. This is not a fetish or an interest. It's just a really weird, gross thought that I wanted to share with our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Uh, well yeah if, if, if anybody had any questions now on like what audience this podcast is for it's definitely yes it's a children's book but it's nostalgic and goes down some odd paths because <laughs> we do not hold back on any of our ponderings around this series i, I, did, I, I didn't curse and i didn't say the you know the sex word so you know, <laughs> like I think that's pretty child-friendly. Yeah, there we go. We'll keep it PG-13. No bedroom shenanigans. What does that mean? I've been very vague, yet, you know, awfully specific. Yeah, I feel like there's some stuff from our chat, like Rugrats was more explicit about that stuff at some points. Oh, Jesus. Actually, you're right now that I think about it. Oh, there's some points. I just finished rewatching Ed, Ed, and Eddie, and I was like, as they go on, I was like, oh, they like, there's definitely some like allusions to some stuff. <laughs> and I was like, good old 90s cartoons. <laughs> well, I mean, that's right fair now- with like any cartoons, uh, even Disney. Sorry, go on, uh, Morgan. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, right now I am scrolling through the predictions list to see if anything has happened so far, but all we got this book was another instance of someone not acquiring something that they should have acquired. Did you guys catch it? 
Oh my god, there was so much in this book. I mean, like, yeah, it was fun with the sharks and stuff, but it was just like, okay, really? And then, oh, eyebrow raise. Really? This is how we're going to resolve this? Really? <laughs> this was like rapid like fire. Because oh. at one point they're like, okay, let's go to the aquarium. And it doesn't even do a chapter jump. It's just like, and they're at the aquarium. And we're here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was, there was hey. a lot of, okay, and then we get into this weird situation, and this is how we resolve it? Uh, there was a lot of moments like that. I mean, I liked it better than, honestly, the Area 51 <laughs> horse book, which was just, like, <laughs> kind of went nowhere <laughs> last last book, book uh, 14. This one was fun with the sharks and stuff. But, yeah, there was some, some odd moments. Yeah, I will say Cassie gets some of the most, like, BS filler books. But Marcos are always, like... At the very least, we can talk about his mom. <laughs> um, although he does get a couple of those himself. I'm kind of, yeah, his mom, Visor One, if y'all remember, shows up in this one. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. But uh, if it's a Marco back. book, it's like a 75 to 90% chance that she's going to show up. So I would kind of nice. get some more Visor One action uh, in there. Um, I, I mean, Marco's, I think this book was like, he's kind of my favorite narrator. Like, I, I don't know, just the way he just the way he ta- just the way he does it. I do. I like him as a narrator for some reason. I read this book in about three setting sittings, and for some reason, I just kept forgetting that this book was Marco. Like I would sit down and start reading, and I would be like, "Oh wait, yeah, this is Marco, not Tobias. Oh wait, yeah, this is Marco, not Cassie." Like <laughs> just every time, I would forget, and I don't know if it was because I was having a couple drinks at the hotel bar when I started reading it or what, but. <laughs> I did go to a conference this weekend, this past weekend, and so I had to like fit in my reading on the train, so and at the hotel, so. You know, some people read better when they're drinking, some people do calculus better when they're drunk. <laughs> you know? State dependent learning, it's a thing. Yeah. I was actually this is so not being drunk, but I actually learned better in some of my college classes by like discreetly like crocheting, like doing something with my hands while trying to learn like very esoterical like theory. Uh, I don't know. It's like something about like something tactile, kind of like moving with your fingers, like somehow still was able to like retain better on your uh, your like uh, concepts and stuff to be able to test on it later yeah it's like just enough activity to keep me from getting distracted by another thing so i can better listen yeah i feel like yeah the something same like way. that i don't know it is i, I guess you can multitask in that <laughs> adhd um, people do it all the time yes. <laughs> did you guys see the or kate did you see the cover of this one? uh I believe so. Uh, we got uh, a Marco diving in the water, and he is whew, he is morphin hammerhead shark. There's a lot of hammerhead yeah. shark in this in this book. For some reason, it doesn't weird me out as much as the other. Even like the middle one, like the third the third one from Human. Mm-hmm. To... <laughs> I'm like that should be weird, but I'm almost like meh. <laughs> it's just it's so exaggerated because it's a hammerhead shark, so his yeah. eyes are like out of this continent and it's like <laughs> can't even process it as it used to be a face so i i feel like yeah it's not uncanny valley at that point <laughs> um so we did get a new species in this one too we get the lyrans which have been mentioned previously right no uh, no they have not okay never this mind was brand brand new yeah so uh 
Well, I put three links. So the first link is kind of the official Lirin arts. <laughs> I want to say there's... the second link is so much better. <laughs> it's I just, a very it's base. It's a dupey looking Lirin. <laughs> it's almost like a dinosaur. <laughs> So they're basically like frogs with like big heads and no necks. And instead of arms, they have four tentacles tentacles around their torso. And they have green eyes and they're yellow. And And they can read minds. They can read minds. (laughs) I mean, honestly, they're kind of like polywog, but add four tentacles to them as well. Yeah. I think this first one, if I recall correctly, was from... I want to say a poster, like an official poster they released. So that's, that, first that is, is the official one. That first one's what's on the Animorphs fandom wiki. Yeah. Uh, and of course, though, not all. Okay, wait, let's see. Let's look at this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's it was on a poster that was like the alien species of Animorphs. If you Google Animorphs aliens, it is the first image that comes up. Is there, there, there has to be more alien species, like, because we're slowly getting introduced to more and more out in the, uh, in this, uh, expanding galaxy. Yeah. I mean, as the series goes on. This poster, okay, has the Venber, the Lyran, the Howler, Yerks, Andalite, Helmicron, Skritna, and Hork-Bajir, which. Some of those That's we not heard spoilers. Before. Because you don't know what those mean. So I will say that the Venber, or book 25, so that was released at least after book 25. Um, damn, that tower so, on this one looks way more badass than the one I guess we should explain the that the Lyran in this book uh, is a new alien species that's also, yes, it looks like a polywog with tentacles, but it's psychic as well. And that's yes. what's really intriguing about it is it has psychic uh, mind reading capabilities. Yeah, it can read your mind, which is bad if you're in a morph and pretending to be an Andalite and not a human. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so these are from basically a planet that the Yerks are trying to invade right now as what, like, alongside Earth. So we'll learn more about that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts before we get started? Not that I don't want to, like, spoil for the for the second half of the book. <laughs> gotcha. Well... We start off with one of my favorite hijinks in any of the books. And and then we have like two other sets of hijinks. And yeah, there's, yeah, there's hijinks galore. I think my initial thoughts on this book were there's a few moments where I was feeling really sorry for the animals that uh, got uh, harmed in the making of this uh, <laughs> in this storyline. Yes. There was a few moments where I'm just like, really, guys, you could have done things differently and not harmed an actual creature yeah especially marco at the end for sure marco at the end and uh some moments when they're uh back at the uh they actually finally go back to the uh ocean gardens park uh uh the the gardens that has the giant aquarium and apparently it's a disneyland facsimile as well as a gigantic (laughs) zoo (laughs) it has everything uh they go back there and start acquiring uh some morphs again which is finally needed yes you have a morphing bank here, and I've done nothing with yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> you have deposited or withdrawn nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. book one all the way to book 50. That's, it's, it's literally that, because they haven't acquired a single animal in between. No, no, Rachel's gone back on super sneaky style and gone oh, and acquired right. the grizzly. <laughs> that's right. That is right. Yeah, but Somebody that's pretty much thinking. it. It's pretty much just like, yeah, a bank. They go back as needed. Like, next book... We're going to see consequences of those actions, finally, like of them not acquiring morphs. 
Yeah. It's like, you know, if you don't, if you don't, if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. I mean, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, Basically, like uh, a little bit of B-Visor 3. He's at least acquiring really useful, huge alien, you know, morphs all the time. He needs business. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't use them effectively. It's just like (laughs) getting a Charizard and saying, okay, use, you know, uh, like Lear, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all Visor 3 Visor 3 does. is definitely like the player character having a diverse party, but the Animorphs right now are being the bug catcher and just yes. doing one set. Or, oh, no, 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 the Animorphs are youngster Joey and just like shooting at <laughs> Ratatat all the time saying, go! <laughs> just tackle. <laughs> tackle right and left. <laughs> all normal types, let's go. Yeah, exactly. Normal types and weedles. (laughs) (laughs) They morph too many bugs, in my opinion. (laughs) It's like they're out for everything. I'm like, guys, (laughs) (laughs) stop trying the bugs. Like, get a small mammal (laughs) or like a reptile. Yeah, like Cassie's squirrel has been so useful so far. Or, Or even the cat Rachel got. Like, cats can fit through anything as long as their head can fit through it, which can be pretty small. Personally, I think more seagulls. Seagulls can go anywhere and they're really funny (laughs) when they're in their seagull morph. (laughs) (laughs) Or pigeon. Uh, Also, how uh, seagulls annoy Tobias so much is really funny. Yeah, that's... Again, Tobias gets some good character development. I love... Yeah. I love sassy bird Tobias. Anyway, do we want to get started? Let's get into it. I think let's kick this off. They're the kids of America. Okay. So I will start us off. We start with Marco. It's always the introduction chapter is like, my name is Marco. Of course, they talk about your Yorks, and then he compares them to tapeworms, only worse. And I'm just like, oh, God, tapeworms. I'm always like scared if I'll get a parasite, but like, I eat fine. But, <laughs> and he's like, one day he wants to um, live to rescue the person who matters most to him. Of course, we know that's mom. Um, the, pers- the person whose eyes I looked into for years without knowing she was no longer my mother. Again, that is sort of creepy. <laughs> So then we start with on a nice Wednesday afternoon after school. He was at the mall with the others, just having fun. But they weren't at the regular mall. They were at like the massive mega mall, basically like the Mall of America, um, that they built across town. So now they've got like two giant malls. Which makes me think like, you know, the Yerks probably are putting a Kadrona in that place too, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a Yerk factor for something. It has but, to be. Um, like go to the Gap and end up with a Yerk. <laughs> or they could use those adoption agencies in some malls with puppies and cats. They can just put those, the Yerks into those animals and oh. then we'll take them home. And then they come out of the animal. And- All right, Jason, no, you're not. That is so join. close to one of the plots from the, from the uh, TV show. Ew, no. Like, you're pretty close. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I, again, if I was running either side, this would be over. <laughs> I know, Jason. You're not allowed to go on any sort of, like, world taking over rampage. A, that's scary. B, also, poor puppies. <laughs> but C, I've got nothing else to live for. <laughs> <laughs> no palps for fun. you. Now stop it. <laughs> So going to the mall with Cassie's idea. So shocker. Marco finds that funny. 
you know, talks about Tobias again being Hawk, but we're getting morph ability, so he can morph human now, um, and all that. Again, just a little bit like character, like this is this character, this is this character, sort of a thing. Um, and basically, they're they're at the mall because there's this new rainforest cafe, which basically reminded me of like um, the rainforest part, or is it still called the rainforest cafe in Disneyland? I think so. Um, the one that makes the um, pineapple, uh, the dole, the dole whips. Oh, I love the dole. Whips. Oh no, that's uh, the dole whips are the tiki room. Uh- uh, and then the Rainforest Cafe is an actual restaurant. Okay, I know the Rainforest Cafe is an actual restaurant, but when I was reading, I was just like, I was getting major like. You want Disneyland you want pineapple dole whips. whips? Yeah, those those yeah, are yeah because they do say it is like a ride at Disneyland. Marco says that this restaurant is like a ride at Disneyland, and so I was like, oh, Rainforest Cafe. But so it made me hungry or thirsty, whichever those do. <laughs> But basically, Cassie is just like, they're there because Cassie, like what Rachel did with the elephants at the circus, uh, Cassie is annoyed that they're using real parrots in this restaurant as like... um, Like a gimmick. Yeah, gimmick, advertisement, and like, they're like not really watching the birds. Like, they're sort of letting like kids and like customers harass the birds, which in my mind was like, what fucking like ankle biter, like garbage kid is like harassing like a a bird at a restaurant? They're going to get their fucking finger bit. Or just, I don't know, just like, who fucking raised you? Why Why is that even a thing? Why is that a concern? I <laughs> like will have? say that, unfortunately, I've witnessed things like this, and it has enraged me just like it has, you know, within the book. Because uh, I worked at, um, in college, I worked like, at a, a touristy type farm, like a, like a glorified farm stand, but also, they also had a lot of animals uh, that you could go visit, kind of like petting zoo farm animals all around that you can, you know, uh, buy feed and go feed them and stuff. But there's people that respect, you know, and, and, and super enjoyed the animals. And that was great. And I'd go take my lunch out and, and hang out because they're just so adorable. But I would watch parents that would have children and they were so obtuse that they would these parents would be watching their children kick and scream at animals stuck inside these cages trying to get these poor animals to move and just throwing an just a awful tantrum in disturbing these poor creatures who have nowhere they can go and the parents are filming them or just talking to other parents and not actually doing anything about showing their child how to behave in a public setting towards an actual creature it is very upsetting and yeah this shit happens and it shouldn't (laughs) yeah fucking people if they will not watch their kid i mean remember harambe do we remember the gorilla that died because a parent wasn't watching her kid like yeah i was kind of annoyed when they put animals down for like when like the human mess and stuff i'm like wait why does the animal have to get put down like like why is that the solution like like i know like what what does that do like that does nothing but end the animal's life who like like if especially if it's like in an enclosure like nobody's supposed to be there anyway like are you just gonna get a new gorilla anyway like what's the like to fill your attraction like what's the it's like it just it, it makes no sense it's basically just a like a sweep sweep it all under the rug thing the animal's dead done and i'm like that does nothing. With Harambe, it was because the the kid was in the gorilla's arms still. Like, the gorilla had the kid, so they couldn't dart him because he might get angry from the dart, and the dart takes a while to enact. So at that point, like, it sucks for the zookeepers, but they've got very limited options. The problem is, let's let's prevent this situation from happening 
in the first place. So yeah, that... but I mean, like, if, if it wasn't like that, or like, let's say, like a tiger or something. Didn't that know, happen recently? Like, I mean, that happens a lot. I feel like I mean, once tigers a year, have some definitely dumbass, like... escaped from their enclosures. Uh, that no, enclosures like somebody climbs. Property. No, somebody climbs into an enclosure of a big cat and gets mauled. It's like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? This oh isn't yeah, Tiger King. No, like, I feel like that happens like once a year or something. Yeah, they should have a waiver that's just like, well. We we will let it eat you. Like, <laughs> I like fully endorse. There, I fully endorse the animorph shenanigans that are about to happen at the beginning of this book. Um, I my only problem was is the fact that what they did with the parrots that they rescued for a while while they were causing these <laughs> shenanigans. That was really funny. I pointed <laughs> that out. But anyway, let's uh let's get there. Chase. Yeah. So. So before I get in there, I have to just say, you know, Marco commented on how Axe would trade the Mona Lisa for a Cinnabon, and I was just like, yes. <laughs> me and, what am I going to do with Axe, the Mona Lisa? <laughs> like, me and Axe both stand Cinnabon. <laughs> like, so much. Um, okay, but basically, so their whole plan is they want to um, morph the parrots and then fuck with the, the restaurant goers and the restaurant to, you know, try to basically, like, these parrots aren't good. Parrot, parrots aren't a good idea so that's the that's the plot while the uh the woman who comes to you know take the parrots away and you know feed them and feed them you know separately away from you know their the the customers uh marco starts saying the mission impossible thing like like he's like he's like that um like cronk yeah i just thought it was really funny so they basically um they hide the parrots in a well-ventilated cupboard, according to Cassie, and they morph Which the parrots. Which is funny, because if, you if you've ever been around a parrot, you know that that parrot's just going to be out of that cupboard. Like, the cupboard would have <laughs> to smart. lock from the outside, because the parrots would just be like, oh, hello, what's going on? Yeah. Right, really smart. Um, and can open things. <laughs> um, so they all acquire the parrots, so there's, like, I think there's four of them. And then Marco's like, these birds are smart. And Cassie's like, yeah, they're very smart. Too smart to be stuck doing this crappy gig, this chicken shit gig, says Cher. <laughs> so they have got their part-time gigs as parrots now, and they are talking, talking, <laughs> talking. So they're saying, Amazon burgers are made with cat meat. Try our spaghetti with hair. Amazon <laughs> cafe nachos and cho jam. Squawk! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they squawk and, after uh, every line. It's like, squawk, try our spaghetti with hair, squawk. I'm a regular bird. <laughs> <laughs> Botulism, food poisoning, booger strips. And so, you know, basically the manager's like, maybe this isn't such a good idea. And um, so they're basically like, you know, mission accomplished. But they also, um, Marco notices a face in the crowd and it's Eric the Chi, if we remember him from that book. So Eric the Chi used to be Eric, this guy I knew from school great uh, descriptors um so they talk about the chi race of androids uh they pose as humans using holograms but they're really more like upright dogs um androids and so they basically you know tried to save the pe- their, their creators the pemelites you know when they traveled earth you know the pemelites um didn't do so well and so the chi sort of um mix them with wolves or great dogs to have their you know creators um you know sort of live on and you know spiritually in a way um chi are peaceful because they have this you know code they don't do violence uh, but they're still really like physically strong and sort of harkens back to like remember when the you know uh eric like they overrode his programming and he like fucked shit up really bad (laughs) yeah he like wrecked um everything (laughs) yeah don't mess with Uh, eric (laughs) well not everything like he 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 did good he saved them but he like murdered like yeah he killed a bunch of hork bajir like three dozen hork bajir in 10 (laughs) seconds 
Yeah, like cheat codes. <laughs> so he basically also knows about the, uh, Eric reveals he, he knows about rescu- rescuing the Tuhork-Bajir and saying that was a good thing. Seeds of something very powerful, salvation of entire race, you know, all that stuff. And then uh, Marco plays it down, you know, it's either rescue entire races or play Nintendo. And I'm like, you can tell an adult wrote this because no kid is like, <laughs> play Nintendo. It's like, you would say like, it's a game or like a console. <laughs> You wouldn't be like, that Nintendo. (laughs) That Nintendo. (laughs) And Eric is basically being like, I'd like to talk to you more specifically, just you. I'm Jake. And Marco's like, I have no secrets from Jake. Oh, couple life. (laughs) And Marco even says, I think that's the basis of a good marriage. Openness, (laughs) honesty. And I'm like, oh, don't tease. (laughs) Um, And so basically Eric's like, that basically reveals like, okay, your mom, your mom is back on earth, Visor One, you know, she's planning something big, something very secret, new project on Royan Island. So they've got an island now, not just open ocean and deep sea crevices, they've got (laughs) an island um, as well near them. Um, well, near enough that they know what it is. Uh, Eric doesn't know because you remember uh, Eric is one of the people that have invaded and well gone undercover as part in the year in the sharing part of the Eric's and um, you know gets insider information, but he doesn't know exactly what they're trying to plan there. But he does mention that they are using a, a new species of controller uh, called Lirin. Well, it's a single Lirin species, plural Lirins. So L E E R A N S. But what do you think these are? I mean, we already talked about them being tentacly amphibian stuff that are psychic so they can read minds. So, um, and so then they, and then Eric basically ends this like, you know, this is obviously because it deals with your mom. Like, are you going to be able to like do that? And then Jake's like, uh, Jake and Mark have a conversation and Marco's sort of upset about that because he basically realizes Eric is like, are you going to be able to take out your own mom if you need, if you have to? And Marco, and so Marco's like, just really upset about that thought. And he's like, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. And I'm like, fair. Very yeah. Fair. <laughs> and especially when um, you have lost her once and you so desperately want her back. And all you got to do is rip a parasite out of her brain. Yeah. No big deal. Just, yeah, just that. that's so all you got to do. She'll just fall out. It's fine. I mean, she doesn't have morphing powers and it's a human. So you really do just got to like isolate yeah. and like tie up. Like, and you can like give them water maybe the second day so they don't die of dehydration because it's three days. Yeah. You know, without water, three days. So it's like you really don't have to do much. You know, it's like literally like duct tape, tie <laughs> hand, put her somewhere quiet. I mean, somewhere, but they're not, nobody's going to find it. Put her in a basement. That sounds really creepy. That sounds really <laughs> creepy to do to to do to a lady and <laughs> just don't put women in basements. But you know, this is not the normal lady. This is a very specific situation in which you are allowed to put a woman in a basement. But that yes. is it. That's the only one. Otherwise, no do others. not do it. What has this podcast come to? I don't know. It's like I'm saying all the wrong things. I swear it's my new meds. <laughs> so we're getting back to normal. So um, they they go to Axe basically like, what's a Lyran? Um, and Axe like, where did you hear that word? It's like, well, we're not going to tell you just yet. Well, actually, <laughs> like, it's where? just Marco. So Jake is Sorry. not there. So just Marco. And Marco's keeping things close to the chest until he gets what he wants from Axe. And um, so um, with that... Um, 
It, it does, I guess I'll do a little side here. It does sort of go into about, like, why Marco does his, like, humor. He just thinks that's, like, a coping way and, like, he only deals with life. And he's like, you say it's terrible about global warming? I say, no, it's funny. And, like, shut up, Marco. <laughs> <We're gonna laughs> yeah, yeah, it was funny warming. in 1997. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> right, because we read too many leaky air conditioners. I was like, Marco, this is not, the humor is not holding up here. Or, like, there there was, uh, what was the other one? Um because the, the uh, global warming was the second one. And the, second and the first joke. one was like, uh, a war. war is tragic. You say war I is say. tragic? <laughs> like, not aging well. It's funny because people fight wars to control crappy little patches of empty desert. I was like, yeah, that's fucking hilarious. That'd apparently. be weird if that happened, huh? Yeah, anyway. Right? Uh, so Axe reveals that Lyran, sort of aquatic, basically what I just said, aquatic race, planet mostly water, just like Earth. Uh, land masses don't have much life, though. Advanced life forms, amphibious, they are also sentient and can are psychic. They can read minds. Um, so it's really hard to become a controller because obviously any other controller they use, they would know it's a yerk in there or not. So it's like, it's really hard to invade them, especially like they did Earth, because they, they would just be exposed. Um, but if they did somehow manage to isolate, you know, one or a few and capture them and then use them as controllers and, you know, do them somewhere else, and that would be... Uh, that would be a thing uh, to use to their benefit. And it could basically, the animals are like, well, they could use it basically to snuff out any spies or Andalite bandits, banditos. Um, and so uh, that's basically their, their concern they're thinking of right now. Um, Marco told Jake what they had to do, um, had to find out what's going on on Royan Island. So Saturday morning, they, um, they meet at Cassie's barn and they're planning basically to take a first casual look at Royan Island. It's like 20 miles out to sea though. So it's a long way to swim. So they're going to fly and then morph dolphin and then, um, do the whole, the whole, uh, uh, scouting operation. Um, they note Axe has a shark morph, which is a tiger shark, which also isn't like a very fast shark. So I don't know. Yeah, there's a couple of points in this book where Axe is a tiger shark, and it's just like, don't worry about it. He's nobody notices him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they've got that covered, but you know who doesn't have it covered is Tobias, because there's no thermals over water. Take a drink. Um, <laughs> so uh, basically Marco's like Tobias are you afraid of water and Tobias is like water afraid of me uh, I did write this down there's this moment where uh, Rachel's like how about if we stop busting on Tobias okay if he doesn't like water he doesn't have to like water and I know it's like yes she likes likes him but also like I enjoy media where teenagers you know are emotionally intelligent <laughs> so that's nice yeah, well, and then also Tobias has moments also later on in the book where he's just like, uh, guys, I want to go help Rachel out now. <laughs> I want to go protect Rachel. <laughs> yeah, and, and he, he goes, like, lands on her shoulder. Yeah. yeah, it goes both Again, ways. Again, like how when he was a hork and landed on her horn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So basically, they're all seagulls. Except for Tobias. <laughs> he just shits on... He just does not like seagull morphs. He just doesn't like seagulls. He's very... Uh, an uppity bird. Um, <laughs> but they go to the gardens, uh, the aquarium... Well, the, the Sealand-esque part, because there are... Um, there's dolphins there for them to acquire. And Marco does talk about seagulls being good at spart- spotting edible garbage. <laughs> and so... Um, this is the point where I kind of alluded to earlier where Cassie has an injured seagull in the barn and Axe acquires it, but they're like, well, Tobias has enough to do with acquiring the dolphin, so he doesn't have to do also a seagull, but like he could at least acquire it. Like you don't have to morph it, just acquire it, just have it. Yeah. Yeah. In your you just, little it, arsenal. Yeah. 
Right? Exactly. Um, so they're doing that, but then they finally get down to business. Um, we need to, they need to get Tobias a hawk to make physical contact with a dolphin during the day. They didn't really think it through too well, so that's a whole thing. <laughs> so um, basically, the dolphin's enjoying itself in a tank. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's rephrase that. It's in a tank, <laughs> li- living, living its life, uh, so to speak. And it's named one of the Friends characters. We're not sure which one. We're yeah, we don't know today. if this is Joey or Rachel. <laughs> Or Phoebe. Why couldn't it have been Phoebe? Yeah. <laughs> Smelly dolphin. Aww, are they what are you? they feeding you? <laughs> um, so basically, nobody but one kid is watching the sky who pointed upward like, Mommy, that bird's going to hurt the dolphins. Because <laughs> Tobias is like coming in hot. And Tobias, of course, is like, like hawk screech. <laughs> that <laughs> like, so stupid. I'm like, come on, stealth people. Stealth. You guys are doomed from the start. And then Cassie's like, um, is this stupid? Okay, they couldn't have figured to do this at night, A, when nobody was around. They had to do this in the park when it was daylight and everybody was out and about. Uh, Because they're like on the way to the beach, not even like gonna wait. They're just like, all right, let's go. And then they just go and do it. No waiting whatsoever. Yeah. Okay. They didn't think it through. We They prefaced this. So I guess what can we expect? <laughs> Um, but basically Tobias clash crashes into the dolphin he obviously he has to do it with his talons too which I'm like why does that have to be your hand like your equivalent of hands like can't it be any part of your body like to acquire what is he gonna do body slam a dolphin like (laughs) you know maybe um, but, uh, he basically collides with it, the tal- his, his talent sort of gets stuck in there, so he's sort of with the dolphin, and the dolphin's sort of just, like, being a dolphin, <laughs> and, like, kind of drowning Tobias, not, like, on purpose, like, but, like, you know, it's not growing well for Tobias. Everybody's sort of in an uproar about what's going on. Um, yeah, this and, would totally uh, be a viral video, like, Hawk gets stuck on dolphin during show at, D- at SeaWorld. Like, it just yep. sounds wrong. 100%. And basically, he does basically gets off by like the dolphin leaping out of the water and like scraping him off on the dolphin hoop. <laughs> well, no, he's about to do that, but then um, Marco bonks into him and knocks him oh, off. Oh, that's right, dolphin hoop. I just felt bad for the dolphin because it had it, the talons of the hawk embedded in its blubber, and it's just like that's not cool, man. I think they did notice that the dolphin was okay, and did, yeah, the dolphin looked okay. Cassie said, uh, "I know." I just was effects. like still yeah. pissed on the. F- lack of forethought around all this <laughs> i've probably been hurt more by my own cat that i invite into my house <laughs> i will say although i do Fucking like cora yeah i have scars if you meet me in person ever ask about my cat scars <laughs> um i do like how cassie's like the vets will put some salve on him and give him a preventative antibiotic i suppose just to be careful and it's like yeah we get it you know about veterinary medicine I appreciated that. I needed to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) And then Tobias is like, well, as long as the dolphin is okay, because I really, really hope the dolphin is okay. (laughs) I mean, sassy bird, Tobias, swallow it. You just attacked a dolphin. What do you expect? (laughs) Well, basically, Tobias is feeling sassy. He wants to be sarcastic the whole day. And Marco's like, are you going to do this? And he's like, yes, I think I've earned a right to do this. (laughs) And um, so, and Marco's like, you know what? uh, Tobias is like, you know what, Marco? You're just a freaking seagull right now practically a pigeon like i'm gonna freaking mess you up <laughs> um, <laughs> so um 
basically Royan, um, Mr. Royan's house, which is on Royan Island, uh, the original Royan was a bootlegger back in the 20s, according to the guidebook, uh, which is uh, the house is owned by the Marquez family or the Marquise family um, now, and we don't know who they are, whoever they are. But a little backstory on our on our set. Do they our- come back into play though? Because it's like Not totally. At all. They give this aside, and it was just like okay, and then you know doesn't ever come up again. Flavor, it's flavor. Garnish. Wow. <laughs> okay, that was the parsley of this book. Got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, basically they wade into the water, they do their morphs, they become. A- Fish and Marco's actually kind of funny. He's like, "Let's get fishical, fishical." <laughs> and you know, like he was sort of annoying in the first handful of books, but honestly, I'm getting more and more on Marco's side. Like, this is like, you know what? I think I might actually be the Marco. <laughs> I mean, and she's evolved the character from what he was in the first few books, which was he was a tool in the first few books. Yeah. And uh, Rachel, after he sings that, is like, come on, Olivia Newton-John, have you been listening to Dinosaur Rock Radio again? And he's like, hey, you knew who that was, so (laughs) (laughs) don't tell me. (laughs) He's like, it's my mom's fault. She plays it. (laughs) Um, Whatever kid is basically like, my mom played all this old-timey music. And then Cassie has to correct that dolphins are not fish, they're mammals, which I'm pretty sure was like contractually obligated so that the readers of this book didn't, like the children readers of this book who were like seven years old, did not think that dolphins are fish, yeah. But Cassie being a know-it-all. Again, (laughs) I appreciated it. (laughs) Yes, no, it's good. But basically, they're morphing dolphin. Marco's not, like, super, super into it at first, because obviously last time he was a dolphin, he got, like, bit in half almost <laughs> um, yeah. by a shark. Um, so um, he's not super into it. And he notices Axe morphing and being a tiger shark and just those dead blank shark eyes. I'm like, yeah, fucking gross. Like a politician. Jeez, don't put that on a shark. That's so <laughs> That's mean. That's true. A shark would probably run the country better than the humans we have going on right now. Oh, my God. It would just be like everybody gets food. Good. Good. (laughs) Done. T-word on. Basically, okay, they're morphed. Um, They're basically chicks like, let's swim in a circle on the island, see what we see. Great. Rehash of the plan. Um, And so Marco was a little bit of a smart aleck. I guess we'll just see fish. And um, Cassie's like, I don't think the chi make mistake. Yeah, 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 num nuts. (laughs) Basically, so they're using the echolocation, which is very helpful for them. Um, They're going around shoreline fish, rocks, um, having their fun time. And then they, um, one of their their clicks comes back and they obviously register something interesting. Um, So with that, they've all... Uh, launch a bunch of clicks out and um, they're like what is that Um, let's go see Um, obviously there's limits to this but um, it's very deep in the water maybe 200 they maybe 200 feet when they reached the spot they were looking for but nothing was there just waving seaweed and they basically figure out this is basically like the chi holograms this is a giant freaking hologram and then they're like i think it's um axe is like this would have to use a great great deal of energy to make a hologram this big like sustaining a dome ship bit um so uh basically they head straight for the place obviously they head straight into the hologram uh about 50 feet then everything changed um and Marco's like sticking your head through like a movie screen is what it was like. Um, but they're basically a quarter mile from the mansion on Royan Island, which is like a weird landmark, I guess, to do. Interesting, like the shoreline. Um, 200 feet underwater. Uh, there's a pink shaded structure built into the side of an underwater slope with vast openings, each big enough to drive a dump truck through. Uh, two, clo- two were closed by steel doors. The third was open, revealing a dark tunnel. Um, 
there's two semicircular portholes um, between these large openings covered by convex glass or plastic. They can see clearly through these uh, transparent blisters is what he calls them. And there's humans working at computer stations looking like a really like normal office. Um, and they, they give a shout out to the show Dilbert. I feel like we could use a Dilbert for the millennials <laughs> nowadays. And now there's also Hork-Bajir, um, also mixed in as like Hork-Bajir guard. In the second blister window, Marco sees a single room, a desk, and a couple of chairs. Um, and they basically have reached the limit of their errors. They need to get air, so they go back up. Um, they hang around the surface and just talk. Like, yes, it's your facility, like, for sure, duh. Um... And then maybe, and they're like, well, what do we, you know, sort of do? Maybe we just swim around the place a few times, you know, see if they do anything. And I'm like, okay. Um, I guess that's very sort of a passive thing to do. That's a plan. (laughs) I mean, like, yeah, Um, they're just like, we found this underwater lair. What do we do? I guess we inspect it. (laughs) But like, very, like, not, like, not really. (laughs) Just like, just watch it. Like, I get, I get stakeouts, but like, I feel like with Yerks, that's like, you kind of can't wait very long. (laughs) Well, not that they can't wait very long, but the narrative doesn't let them wait very long as we see right now. (laughs) So basically, access to underwater and he like, um, Thought speaks to them, you know, like, excuse me. And they're like, yo, what's up? Um, Um, I beg your pardon. (laughs) And he's like, there are some fish heading towards you. And I'm like, axe. Yes, they're fish, but damn it, axe. (laughs) Um, He's like, and they're like, okay, I'm not sure it's something to worry about. But he's like, they're large fish. Or no, no, something. um, Marco's like, it's like, something told me ask more because you know axe. And he's like, large fish axe. <laughs> and um, yes, as large as my current morph. And they're strange in shape. Strange how? Well, their heads, they are flat in the front, but extend out on each side. They have eyes at the end of each side as well. And they have fins like mine. And I was like, God damn it, axe. <laughs> you cannot read anything in that giant fucking encyclopedia. <laughs> and it's like, there's sharks. There's sharks coming right towards their dolphin friends. What do sharks eat? Axe, they're predators. It's just like, God damn it. Um, but basically, hammerheads. Hammerheads are coming towards them which is interesting i don't think hammerheads really like fuck or prey on dolphins i think they do like small fish and like stingrays and crabs or whatever Um, we will find out out. we will find out with the shark facts uh here but But yeah i think i still got a little bit more to go you do okay great (laughs) so um they dive uh drove down but that's such a weird word maybe it's a typo dope um but basically doubly surface uh hammerhead sharks there um but about 10 of them tobias says which isn't too uncommon hammerheads do sort of school sometimes together but they can also be very secluded because they can also be open ocean animals and i'm sure we're gonna learn a lot more about them (laughs) um but again it's like where the fuck are i think still the gulf um basically 10 of them so it's basically 10 hammerheads versus five dolphins and a tiger shark um rachel of course confident um she's like we we can take them We've done this before. I'm like, yeah, your friend got bit in half almost. Yeah. Um, and Cassie notes smartly, you know, sharks don't usually attack dolphins unless they're really hungry. Um, and I guess uh, the plot is good enough for hunger. And um, I guess outnumbering them. Um, and um, <laughs> Tobias is like, any tips for fighting sharks? And they're like, yeah, don't let them bite you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I did note that, that Rachel's like, fine, we can take them. And Cassie's like, Helpful animal facts are that they don't attack <laughs> dolphins. Also, we shouldn't want to. They're just sharks. And Marco's like, fuck this. Let me leave because of the aforementioned almost be- being cut in half. Yeah. 
And so he turns around to run away and there's like four more sharks behind them, pincering them. And then he just spins to the side and like leaves. And Jake had already said like, we should retreat, but he was like not even thinking about that. He was just fueled by he pure was like, terror. Bye. Yeah, pretty much like, no, nothing would have made him stay, but you know, so he just bounces and Cassie's like, go to shallow water. Cause they probably won't follow us. And Jake's, like, okay, let's attack one of them and draw blood. And like Taxons, the rest will attack that one. And so Jake and Marco ram one of the sharks and it starts bleeding. But the other sharks don't like follow it. Instead, they just keep coming after the Animorphs and Dolphin Morph. So the Animorphs are like, okay, let's form a group and just like power through. And Marco calls them like a dolphin fist. <laughs> yeah. However, these sharks are reacting to what they're doing. They're predicting the plan and move to cut them off. And so Marco's like, hey, guess what, guys? Sharks don't jump and dolphins do. So let's jump over them. And so they jump over the sharks and out towards the open ocean. And this is one of the times where it's like, I guess Axe just kind of swam under them <laughs> and was ignored. Um, I'm a shark. I'm a shark. I'm a shark. <laughs> yeah, I'm a shark too. Please leave me alone. Uh, and so they are just like, all right, let's get ready to run. Uh, as fast as we can and then there's this siren and all the sharks run away uh and so they don't have to uh run away from them anymore and marco's a little bit embarrassed from running away earlier so he suggests let's go below and see what called them off and of course rachel agrees (laughs) (laughs) and so they go down below and see this like very strange transparent submarine and so it's not a yellow submarine. It's a glass submarine. <laughs> it's like a like Wonder a glass Woman shark. submarine. So they spot the trans, and it's staffed by Hork-Bajir, Texan, and Ged. But most importantly, there's a strange new creature there. And Marco describes it as having pebbly, yellowish skin that seems slimy, like it was coated with Vaseline. It sat like a frog on big hind legs with webbed feet. But instead of a frog's tiny front legs, this creature had four tentacles spaced out evenly around its body. It had a big head, so that just... It had a big head that just sat on its shoulders with no neck. The face was curved upward and a hugely wide mouth that seemed frozen in a sort of idiot grin. There were two eyes, both green and large. So it's a Lyran, probably... Although they have to ask Axe later. Um, So the sub goes below them and this creature kind of starts to shake like it was having a slight tremor and turns around to look at the dolphins and just kind of looks at them. It's standing next to this captain's chair. And so there's this person sitting next to this Lirin. Lirin? Yeah. And the captain says something. And the frog thing looks kind of troubled and then shrugs. So I don't think it can see that they're people. They're humans, but it kind of has a feeling like it's starting to see that they're people, but it's too far away. But then the person in the chair stands up and stretches and turns around and looks at them and looks at Marco and his visitor one. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Drink for a dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you know, a very good morph to acquire of somebody. If, oh, okay, here's an idea. Well, a question. So if someone acquired... Marco's mom and Marco's dad, could they morph Marco by combining their DNA? What? Yes, but no. 
Like, oh. there's a lot of... Like, technically, like, if they could do it, like, they can make it 50-50, like, it's supposedly is, but, like, there's so many, like, no. mutations there's and mutations that happen. No, I... No. Like, it'd, it'd be, like, weird. It'd have to be, like, super weirdly, like, precise. Nope. Like, with the control of the DNA to make it look like Marco, but it'd probably look like a... Like a At that relative. point, go to the effort of just acquiring Marco. I mean... <laughs> yeah, right. Half the effort. Um... So the this this sub flies on by and silently or fairly silently and the sharks kind of start to follow it and disappear into the hologram of the seabed. You saw nothing. <laughs> so basically yes. super smart sharks or shark controllers or whatever. <laughs> and is that where we're gonna do shark facts? We can do shark yes. facts. Yeah. 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 I am super interested because I am looking at pictures of hammerhead sharks, and the more pictures I see, the less real my brain is seeing them as, because they're just so weird looking. <laughs> they are very strange. Hammerhead sharks are, are interesting creatures. Uh, the hammerhead sharks are a group of sharks that uh, form the family Cyphernidae. Uh, uh, oh my gosh, I butchered that. Uh, but Something they're like named for unusual and distinctive structure of their heads. So their heads are flattened and laterally extended to a hammer shape uh, called a cephalofoil. And many uh, are uh, different, but are not mutually exclusive. Uh, and there are, uh, sorry, many different, but not necessarily exclusive uh, functions have been uh, hypothesized for the cephalofoil on these sharks. Uh, so people have thought maybe that it's like for sensory reception, for maneuvering, uh, and for prey manipulation, but the cephalofoil gives a shark superior binocular vision and depth perception. Hammerheads are found worldwide in warmer waters along coastlines and continental shelves. Unlike most sharks, some hammerhead species usually swim in schools during the day, and they've been then they become like solitary hunters at night. And the known species range from two feet eleven inches long to up to nineteen feet and eight inches in length. And they can weigh anywhere from six point six uh, to a thousand three hundred pounds. Still, always weird. Not to kind of. It's always weird for me to think of like just like a sea creature, like a shark that big. You don't get to see them very much in real life, but you're just like trying to picture it. Like nineteen feet. What does nineteen feet of shark look like? Well, uh, yeah. I'm like my living room. <laughs> yeah. So I did this once. Uh, my dad had a tape measure that was 25 feet, and we were specifically like, "That is the longest that a uh, great white shark can be." So yeah. we took it and we maxed it out. And you guys have been in my parents' old house. It went from like the foyer, the front door, like that wall, all the way out to the back side door where the patio with the table is. Like it was really long and we were like, shit, like that would be absolutely terrifying to be in the yeah, water with even, that thing. Even in a basic backyard, like that that's a majority of a of a suburban backyard right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Someone yeah. photoshopped human teeth onto a hammerhead shark. Ew. That doesn't make it friendlier. <laughs> <laughs> Very annoying it's orange like, looking. Uh, it's like um, Sonic the Hedgehog. You saw the internet uproar when the, oh, initial, yeah. the initial OG trailer design, dropped. Yeah. yeah, with the teeth. <laughs> 
So while overall similar, uh, the shapes uh, differ somewhat between species for their uh, cephalofoil. So some are a distinct T-shape, uh, like in the great hammerhead. And there's like a, a rounded head with a central notch uh, in the scalloped hammerhead. And then an unnotched rounded head in the smooth hammerhead. Sorry, it's like hard to kind of describe. But definitely like take, if you're interested, uh, go and look up pictures online because... Oh, yeah, I'm seeing it, and it's got, like, a notch, a couple notches in it, kind of, on either side. I also apologize. I think I'm experiencing much allergies, so if you hear congestion in my voice, (laughs) it is that, and it's, uh, yeah, sorry. Hammerheads have disproportionately small mouths compared to other shark species, which is interesting. They are known to, like, form schools uh, that sometimes group over a hundred sharks, which is surprising. Uh, the hammerhead like shape of their head may have evolved at least in part to enhance the animal's vision because the positioning of the eyes, which are mounted on either side of the shark's distinctive uh, hammer-like head, allows 360 vision of the vertical plane, so it means the animals can see above and below them at all times. And from what is known about the winghead shark, the shape of the hammerhead apparently has to do with uh, an evolved sensory function. So the pores on the shark's head uh, lead to sensory tubes, which detect electrical fields generated by other living creatures. So by distributing the receptors over a wider area, like a, it's like kind of acts as a large radio antenna, the hammerheads can sweep for prey more efficiently. Hmm. And the reproduction uh, for these sharks is uh, goes goes um swimmingly uh pun intended yeah. so occurs uh their the reproduction occurs once a year and uh, it usually starts with the male shark biting the female shark violently until she agrees to mate with him the oh yeah mm-hmm. uh the hammerhead shark exhibits viviparous uh mode of reproduction with females uh giving and the females then give birth to live young so like other sharks uh fertilization's internal and then uh, the developing embryos are first sustained by like a yolk-like sac. And then uh, when the supply of the yolk is exhausted, uh, the uh, yolk sac transforms into a structure that's kind of like similar to a mammalian placenta. And then the mother shark delivers the um, delivers like sustenance to the young until birth. And then once the baby sharks are born, they're not taken care of by the parents at all. They're usually born in a litter of 12 to 15 pups, uh, but the great hammerhead uh, gives birth to uh, 20 to 40 pups. And these sharks huddle together on their own, the babies do, and swim towards warmer waters until they're old enough and large enough to survive on their own. And hammerheads eat a large range of prey so you know fish including other sharks squid octopus crustaceans and stingrays are their particular favorite and these sharks are often found swimming along the bottoms of the ocean stalking their prey and the great hammerhead uh, tends to be larger and more aggressive than most hammerheads and occasionally engages in cannibalism and eats other hammerhead sharks including its own young and according to the yeah yeah. (laughs) And according to the International Shark Attack file, humans have been subjected to 17 documented unprovoked attacks by hammerhead sharks uh, since uh, 1580 AD, but no human fatalities have ever been recorded. Uh, So yeah, there's been some attacks, but uh, not a lot. And uh, from this particular shot, uh, shark and uh, not uh, fatal. 
The great and scalloped hammerheads are listed on the World Conservation Union's uh, red list as endangered, whereas the small-eyed hammerhead uh, is listed as vulnerable. The status given these sharks is a result of overfishing and demand for their fins, which is an expensive delicacy uh, that is prized and uh, very uh, that, that is common in uh, certain countries in Asia, such as China. So overfishing puts many of these hammerhead sharks at, rinks of, uh, at risk of extinction. Fishermen who harvest the animals typically cut off their fins and toss the remainder of the fish, which is often still alive, back into the sea. And then the fish, uh, since it can't swim because it, its fins have been cut off, can't breathe because it can't keep moving through the water. And then it slowly dies going to the bottom of the ocean. And so this practice is known as finning and it's lethal to the animal. Mm-hmm. And so the relatively small bonnet head uh, hammerhead shark is actually a regular uh, type of hammerhead shark that you can see at public aquariums, as it has proven uh, to be easier to keep in captivity than like the larger hammerhead species. And it's actually been bred at a handful of different facilities. The larger hammerhead species can reach more than twice the size of the bonnet head, which in captivity kind of ranges around five feet or so to six feet. Uh, but these larger species are considered difficult uh, and uh, to, to have in captivity and compared to uh, most other similar sized sharks, such as like the lemon shark or the sand tiger shark uh, that, you know, is kept more easily by public aquariums. <laughs> so bigger, bigger species of hammerheads aren't, aren't often kept, but they have been kept at a few facilities in North America, including Atlantis Paradise Island Resort in the Bahamas, Adventure Aquarium in New Jersey, Georgia Aquarium in Atlanta, Mote Marine Laboratory in Florida, and also the Shark Reef at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. And those are some hammerhead shark facts. All right. I, I, so I was Googling the different kinds that, as you were talking, right? And I made the mistake. So I found one of those pictograph things where it's like, here are all the different kinds and a little cartoon version of them. And, you know, the size difference and stuff. And I found this one that I had never seen before called a mega mouth shark. And I Googled it and immediately (laughs) closed the window. (laughs) Wait a minute, isn't that the, is that the Mega Mouth Shark is the one that's uh, the deep... It's deep sea, only a hundred of them have been seen. Yeah, but it does have a picture. Yeah, those are frightening. Uh, I I know which one you're talking about because I played a game there for a while on the Wii that was... um, (laughs) It's like, oh, it was called Endless Ocean and it's like scuba diving and it's like supposed to be really relaxing and it is until you go to the deep reef portion of the game and you actually go diving in blacky ink water and then slowly you'll see like creatures within the ravine in the black water like kind of come into your view as a as the character and so you're just swimming along in inky darkness and then you see you know a giant squid come out uh and your little glowy light and freak you the hell out and then you go down to the bottom of the ocean and you see the mega mouth shark which is humongous no (laughs) no 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 and and it was such a relaxing game until i realized that portion of the game got my blood pressure up so high Like, I literally might have had a panic attack. Like, I just, I'm on my laptop right now, and it was it's half the screen, because the other half is Audacity. So I just saw, like, three small pictures of it, 
and no. it's a freaky it's a freaky looking shark so i don't know if that's ever going to come up within the series but that's an interesting shark as well that deep sea shark <laughs> uh, there are some deep sea creatures but i've never heard of that one before so yeah uh, yeah no thank you I'm stressed out now <laughs> well so to add to our map it looks like um they're hammerhead sharks stay pretty close to land um i'm still thinking it might be the gulf of mexico like that's what it's i feel like that's what it's got to be because like they've got just all these environments and these ocean <laughs> like it's got to be you got a desert and mountainous area and um you know a sprawling forests. city and forests and then you got Ocean's you know Island. tropical islands off off the coast <laughs> tiger sharks hammerheads like yeah Maybe they're that, like in Houston. No, because Houston's not that close to. Is it that close to the? Water? Like two hours away from the beach, I think. And it seems like like the beach is like part of their town. Like they were like walking to the beach in like the first book. I or something. know. Yeah, it's an ever evolving town. But I still, I'm still thinking if it, it might be with a lot of those species in more tropical, warmer waters in the Pacific. Yeah, because we also have like a forest and a uh, sea world, essentially, like so much stuff. I know the sea world. I still think it is if Santa Barbara was a big city. I mean, the island does remind mm. me a bit of Catalina, but it's more tropical than that. Yeah. Catalina has bison, not necessarily tropical, a lot of tropical villas. <laughs> well, they have some villas, but not a... Not 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 warm waters. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um. So yeah, they the animorphs after this, they head back home, and Marco has to do a book report, and that's where we're gonna end off this week. We're gonna end <laughs> off on the thoughts of uh, Mega Mouth sharks and uh, hammerheads for you. <laughs> yup. And and book reports, scariest of all. If you send me. <laughs> whales or big sharks i will block you <laughs> uh but you can find me on twitter to send me not those things at morgan underscore slay if you want to get in touch with all of us you can add us at middle morph on twitter check out my other podcast about reddit relationships at are the letter you the word serious pod on twitter uh we just did our well, this will be a minute after this, but our second asshole of the year contest. So that was fun. <laughs> and if you send me pictures of big sharks, you will be on the next list for next year. So <laughs> keep that in mind. <laughs> Jason, how can people get in touch with you? Oh, but do people really want to get in touch with me after they've heard this? <laughs> um, send him some fanfic. They want to, yeah, oh, exactly, get in touch with you on, like, you know, the best way, uh, the more effective ways Yerks can take over the human race, because you're very good at strategizing things. <laughs> Guys, if you, if, you, if you want an operation to go well, let me know. I coordinate <laughs> shit for a living. They can reach me on Twitter at bottometh underscore prime. Um, so hit me up. The end. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Kate? Uh, I am not on social media, so in theme with this book, I'd say uh, 
I love to swim, so start figuring out how to communicate like a dolphin does with all its clicks and everything like that. And you know what? Those will find me eventually, and I'll I'll see if I can respond back to you. But that may be a little complicated and may require morphing really to do. So why don't you uh, send us an email if it, that might be a little bit more easier at middlemorph at gmail.com. This is be haunted by random clicks in your life next yeah, week. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> clicking that I Where hear. are they what coming from? Where is it coming from? Does anybody hear that? <laughs> um, yeah, next week we're just finishing up book 15, The Escape. Mm-hmm. More so sharks. we'll see y'all then. More sharks. So many more sharks. Yeah, like a lot more sharks. sharks. A lot of sharks. <laughs> Bye. Bye.